Welcome to a podcast. A good podcast about board games and my wife. A very good podcast in which I persuade her. Also, let's not start off by saying board games. We don't understand it yet. Is it, yeah, but it's ironic. Why is it ironic? What's the irony? I think maybe this is a good intro. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Welcome to... <laughs> what, what's ad-libbed? What's going on there? I was just... I was bringing the energy. You said... Bring, are you... Are, are you you, gave me, you sat man. me down before and you said, like, right, you need to bring the energy today and all days. Um, you kind of, like... You, you, you give me, like, a motivational speech before we go on, don't you? And you're, I'm like... your performance coach. You're my performance coach. You're like, right, look, you need to bring the energy. Bring the energy. Come in with the thunder. And And that's... Also, hello, everybody, is your thunder, Also, we put the heating on and I'm sitting with my back against the radiator because <laughs> we, so we record, record in this space... I don't know why we record on the floor in this space. We just kind of do. Um, but I'm on. The, I'm seeing my radiator, so I'm very hot now. And I'm in a jumper. Would you like to move? So I, I may just take some clothes off during the show. Okay, thank God it's not a visual program. <laughs> it's really hot. Anyway, that's how I've got to bring the energy. I've got to, be, I've got to get through the heat. Okay. Through the burn. You're just going to start sweating. I'll just start sweating and crying, and then that'll be, that'll be fine. So, welcome to Borgos with my wife, with me, Jack, and my wife, Lottie. Hi. This is a Bird of Games podcast, and Bird of Games is our little board game company with titles coming to Kickstarter this year. If you'd like to keep up with the podcast or with Birdwood Projects, you can follow us online. Do you want to know where? Where? <laughs> you can follow us at Birdwood, that's bird as in the bird and wood as in the trees, Birdwood Games, on Instagram and on Twitter. You can subscribe to our newsletter via our website, which is birdwoodgames.co.uk. And if you'd like to drop us an email, you can do so at birdwoodgames.gmail.com. There you go. There you go. You can reach us in all those different sorts of ways. Isn't the world exciting? Technology. <laughs> Technology. You sound like a boomer. I am. A, I am basically a boomer. I am a boomer born into a millennial's body. That's yeah. what I am. I'm always there. Like, oh, these kids on their TikToks and their whatevers, and you know, I'm 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 ready for pipe and slippers already. Oh, well, pipes gonna be bad for your lungs, and slippers you're already very. I'm already. Sli- I'm wearing slippers now, so no, I don't think I could do pipe. Either you're actually not I'm... wearing slippers. Yeah, but I can... I'm wearing slippers. But but the thing is. You don't know that. You, I could have been in slippers. If I said to you I was in slippers, you wouldn't have been like, that's all that's weird for you, would you? No, but you're, I can see your feet. <laughs> and you're not. Yeah, but they don't know that at home. I'm not being complicit in these slipper lies. <laughs> right, it's good that the dog has settled down, listeners. We've played this being a games podcast. Before we recorded this episode, our spaniel Rupert was feeling particularly antsy and we had to play a game of hide and seek with him. But he knows how to play. Yeah. Who knew? Who he'd knew? run downstairs, we'd hide, he'd come back upstairs and find us and it was very exhilarating. It was very exhilarating and fun for everyone. That's why we were high energy, high energy podcast. Yeah. But he's gone to sleep now because the hide and seek has tucked him out. So what are we doing today then? On today's show? Oh, are you bored of that story? You're like, move on. Oh, someone's got to keep this. Someone's got to keep. The, someone's got to keep the pace going. You know, someone's got to keep the rhythm. You come and that's going to be me. And now it's like you feel like a bit like a cocaine addict. It's a bit. I've had like four cups of coffee as well, so oh. I'm ready. I'm ready to. I want to crash. Have you had four cups of coffee today? Why? Well, yes. Why that's a lot of coffee. Yeah, it's quite a lot of coffee, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, at some point in this episode, I'm going to slump, and I'll be like, Ugh. we'll watch out for that, and we'll, yeah. we'll lift you back up. So this episode is eight more great games for new gamers so if you cast your mind back to the heady days of 2019 we started a podcast called we did. Life, and our first episode was five great games for new gamers because you know to break the ice to get everyone into the vibe and what i don't know <laughs> well, you're, great, you're off you're off with this aren't you you're off yeah but we have had um the lovely windfall of some new listeners recently and we thought it was about why time. have we had the lovely windfall of new listeners recently i don't know why i said that a million miles an hour <laughs> but why have we had that we were featured on iTunes. We were Did you not know? ITunes. For some reason, this podcast was featured on iTunes, you know, as a, as a representation of the board game world. Yeah, so, sorry, sorry so, world. Sorry, sorry for that. Sorry, sorry, people that tuned in and were like, what is this? What is this? What is this garbage with these people garbling along? What's this trash garbage? Next. Yeah. Uh, sorry about that. But yeah, so we've got some lovely new listeners. So welcome. Welcome. If you are one of the new folk. You're a valued member of the community. And one of the questions we get, and we are, we are always like, we did an episode on this. So if you scroll back through our back catalog and listen to every single show, you'll eventually get there. Is is people who perhaps are new to gaming, discovering gaming, or seen 
kind of peel back the curtain and realise there's an amazing world of gaming. We're all indoors a lot more recently, uh, so there's a lot more kind of thinking people looking for hobbies and things to do, and the world of gaming is quite big and complicated. I think there are some things in there that are quite scary, and people are looking for, you know, what are often called gateway games or games that they can get into where they might be familiar with a standard... That makes the hobby sound so much more edgy than it is. Yeah, no, it does, doesn't gateway it? Gateway games. Yeah. But, but it's the people, people, people who are perhaps themselves, or, or maybe they're into gaming but their partner isn't, or their family isn't. You're such and a waffler. These are accessible games. But okay. they're not just accessible games, though. They're not just accessible games. That's, see, this is, this is where we add these value. These are M&S, this is, accessible <laughs> games. This is where we add value as a duo. What we've tried to do with these games is choose games that we would help you, if you like a particular style of game, theme-wise and mechanic-wise, not theme-wise, mechanic-wise, these might help you introduce people to a game in that me- mechanical area and then you might be able to set themselves because you might often often and I've spoken to plenty of people like this where they, they are into gaming and their family isn't or their partner isn't and shelf, you've spoken to plenty of people I've spoken to like <laughs> at least three people in my life and the, the thing they're saying is what game would you recommend for my partner or for my family or for my children or for, for whatever that may be and it's always like firstly what people like but it's like what do you like because I think if you like something and have energy and passion about it I think people are more likely to hopefully like it or you might yes. be a bit too much so terrified. this is the very concept behind the podcast, Board yes. Games With My Wife. It was yes. what games I, can I control my wife into Literally, playing. that was how we started, wasn't it? Yeah. Way back when. And now I've got the blooming bug. And now you've got the bug. You've, you've caught the bug. you me. Now you're looking at these things, searching things and doing all sorts. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's worth saying that these are completely different to the first five games that we recommended in the golden days of 2019. If you want to know what they are, go back and listen to the episode. But before we get on to the main topic of the episode shall we talk about the main about... course that sounded weird <laughs> it's just it's you just doing this podcast is you doing little weird quips of like sometimes they land most of the time they don't that's 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 my ratio your podcast would be like a terrible gymnast that always just fell over on landing yes like you, you'd have a moment where you think well, they know what they're doing and then you'd be like no they don't no nope. <laughs> uh, but before we get into the main topic should we talk about what's called our respective eyes respective eyes yes what we what we've had <laughs> i did it <laughs> What were you going to say? I was saying what we got our balls on this week. <laughs> I was in like eyeballs, eyeballs or something. And I was like, what we got our balls on? What ball games have you put your testicles on this week? This is a family show for families. If you're listening with your family. Stop listening like, with your family. Yet. Big up to your family. You sound legit, but also yeah. maybe turn it off. Also, I love the idea of someone listening with their family. <laughs> Just like, all wireless. gathered around, around the wireless to listen to board games with their wife. <laughs> I love um, that idea. That's a great idea. If you don't listen with your family, then you need to start listening with your family. Sometimes people listen like in their cars, though, and their families haven't got a choice. They just put it through the car, and you've got to listen to whatever this is. They're our favourite kind of listeners when yeah. you force people against their will to listen to our show. Thank you. Yeah. You're what keep us going. That's our primary target market. People that force people against their will to listen to this show. Yeah. Spread the word. Keep, the gospel. Spread, spread, spread the gospel. Go door to door. Right, Tell caught, your neighbours. What's caught your eye? What's caught my eye? A couple of things have caught my eye this week. The first thing is something very, very attractive. Um, it is a... What, is it made of cardboard or is it... It's made of cardboard. Okay. Why, what do you think it was? I wonder if it was a human thing or... That'd be a bit weird. It would be, that'd but be you're, very, start, you're lining be... up in a weird tone of voice. I think if you looked at this, you, you, the only okay. word you could use is attractive. Give, give me something to Google. Ticket to... <laughs> <laughs> I've just opened my Google browser and from a pre-record conversation, Dennis Waterman's <laughs> face is on there. Looking oh, jowly. There you go, something attractive. That's what that's what I wanted to Google. This is what we're going to buy this week, Dennis Waterman. <laughs> <laughs> what am I googling? Right, Google Ticket to Ride Europe fifteenth anniversary edition. Oh, that's God. what I'm going to be talking about. <laughs> Open any article, just look at the images. Oh no, the collector's edition. <laughs> Why I, is this necessary? You talk about it before I disparage it. Okay, because... so what it is is Ticket to Ride Europe is fifteen years old. Uh, I assume this year. I would assume that's why it's the fifteenth anniversary edition. So what they've created is a deluxe collector's. Mega, super, super califragic, espionatious edition. And basically, it's it's a reprint. It's, a, it's just Ticket to Ride Europe, isn't it? There's no different in that. But everything has got like an upgrade to the ninth degree. And the main key component thing that they've done with this is that all of the, 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 the standard five colours of trains that you would have in the game... Um, so the standard five colours of trains you'd have in the game are in their own little tins and they've got like they're each a theme of a company that might run those trains the and they're like little and they're like little miniature sort of style train things and they are they do look they do look wicked. Although, can I ask a question? Don't you No, you may not ask a question <laughs> overall <laughs> Um, don't you just like tins in board games? Yeah, but in the box. Oh, that's acceptable. Yeah, that's acceptable. That's acceptable. If a tin is in the box, then I mean fair play to you. You've done well there. But if a tin is outside the box, you've you've betrayed humanity. 
Okay, so this ticket to ride fifteen. And the board is the board looks the board looks lovely. I think the art has probably just had a bit of a zhuzh up. Uh, the cards again, everything everything it's looks a like very it's got a, bit of a, premium, edition, a premium a premium premium lens to it. It looks fantastic. I dare I I from what I can't I can't see a price on it at this stage. So I dare to think of how much this is going to cost. I don't know if this will be done through Kickstarter or if it will be done through just they're going to sell it. It'll probably just end up selling it because it will sell very well. We'll buy a copy. Uh, but oh I, no. But <laughs> I We've can't see game. I can't see anything about cost on this, so I don't know how much it could be like hundred hundred English pounds. Convert that to. The I don't currency. think it looks like hundred English pounds. I, I would make a guess at sixty. You think? See, I I was going to say seventy English pounds. Actually, that was what I was going to say. But it could be hundred English pounds. Who knows? I mean, I mean, if it was a hundred English pounds, I think we can live uh, without it. A uh, hundred. A hundred. Yes, if it's a hundred English pounds, we could. No, I don't think we can live without it. We could sell some organs. We could. That have to be our organs. I like my. Oh. <laughs> You actually sounded like that. Oh, sounded like you were considering it. Oh, like, oh. I do like a bit of organ trafficking. <laughs> has anything else caught your eye? Anything else caught? Yes, something else has caught my eye. Uh, this was this this was um, this was a thing. This this was announced. Use your words, lad. I, I've got some, and I don't I don't want to bring them all out at once. You know, you don't you don't want to spaff them all over the place. That's horrible. Why are you always horrid? I'm a horrid, horrid human being. Horrid, horrid. So the thing that's the other thing that's caught my eye is a company launched this week a collaboration, creative collaboration uh, between two uh, game designers. That's Isaac Vega and Lindsay Road. They launched a company this week called Rose Gauntlet Entertainment, uh, and this company is a. They are designers in their own rights. They've come together to to kind of form a, a powerhouse super company. They've announced three games off the bat. Um, straight away, uh, those games are. Bear with me one second. One of them, which I, which is, I'm almost certain you are going to buy this or be excited by this, unless unless the game itself doesn't transpire to be this. It's called Keystone North America, and it's it looks like effectively you're managing the the, the 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 national. I assume the Keystone National Park in North America. It looks like that. It's got lovely animal art. It looks a very 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 gorgeous looking game. Okay, you're taking the role of the biologist and you're building an interconnected ecosystem. Yep, so yeah, take so, the money. Yeah, take take your money. You might as well just throw your money out. There's a couple of other games as well, which 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 you know aren't necessarily more. That's definitely our vibe. Yeah. The other ones I'd have to wait and see what the, what they what they're about, and what they are. But there's a um, there's a, there's a deck building game called Gone to Gaia, which obviously we love deck building, so it'd be interesting to see what that's like. Uh, and then there's another one called um, Life After Dungeon. And there's another one called Life After Dungeon, which the visuals on the art look look great. I have no idea what the actual game will look like or, what, or how or how it will be you know dungeons and those kinds of things and like rpgs aren't really ma- our massive our massive bag but you no, know like I say, we'll see what it's see. interesting that life after dungeon the art on the topography of that shares the same rose that's in the logo so i wonder if this is their kind of birth game like this is their the first one that they it's, an, interest, it's, it's an interesting it's a very and interesting thought. or unless everywhere. unless they're going to go for like because because the um the rose gauntlet looks very much like the the um the infinity gauntlet from, from avengers so maybe they're going for some sort of like overarching game world where <gasps> everything's interlinked that would be amazing like, every, it? all their games are interlinked somehow and it's going to be one super game at the end and that'd that's... be really cool does anyone do that i th- i think it'd be really hard to do because i think you'd have to you have to get because like, obviously each, each individual game would have to be great, yeah. And that, that's that's already challenging enough. And then there'd have to be a point to the final game that links everything together for a reason. And like, so, Why? so I suppose I suppose what's, 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 what's the point otherwise? What's the point in anything? What's the <laughs> <point>? <laughs> wow, this got existential very quickly. What's like, the what, point in anything? But like, what are the point in books that share the same world? Like, there are plenty. But, of the, but the story flashes out over each book. Yeah, but and there then... also are other examples of books that are set in the same world, but the characters never meet. So, it does happen. Anyway, I highly doubt this is their plan. I, I've, I, I, we're off on a massive tangent but here. But wouldn't it be cool but if someone their did that? game? They're also built on some really great values about um, inclusivity and diversity and those kinds of things, which are really fantastic. They, they, you know, they, those are key part of their business. They, like I said, just from the opening art, I'm intrigued, particularly by Keystone. That looks absolutely up our street, like you know, a million miles up our mm. street. I'm really excited to see what that looks like as a physical game, not just the, the art rendering. So yes. Very excited by by Rose Gordon. I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. Their, th- their three games are coming to. I think they're coming to Kickstarter this year. Uh, is um, so uh, hopefully or, or, or coming available. I think I think it's by Kickstarter. So I'll be looking out for those later this year. How exciting! What a great looking new company to keep an eye on. How nice! Is that all that's caught your eye? That's all that's caught my eye. Yes. Would you like to be a good conversationalist and ask me? 
No, I refuse. I refuse to ask you the question. I'm going to tell you anyway. You're going to tell me anyway. You're going to bash it over, bash it over my head. Yes, I am. So the thing that's caught my eye this week. Is also, can I interject here? What's interesting about this is that earlier we were talking about the show. We were out walking the dog, talking about the show, and I was like, "Oh, I tell you what's caught my eye." Blah blah. blah. Chatted to you. And I was like, "What's caught your eye?" And you said, "I'm not telling you." I would. I like to not have I'm, the conversation just, before we have it. So that's why. Time. That's why I'm not entering into it because I've been burnt once already. <laughs> I'm not going to go there again. Call me twice. <laughs> the game that's caught my eye this week that is out is Cosmic Frog by Devious Weasel Games. Have what? you heard of Cosmic Frog? I have not heard of Cosmic Frog. That sounds fantastic. The title alone I'm obsessed with, but I clicked on it because of the cover, which is brilliant. Is it a frog? Is it a Cosmic Frog cover? Is it? Is it? That is, that is a trippy, trippy, trippy stuff. Yeah, so this thoroughly intrigued me. I love the title of it. I love the cover. And also then the strapline is World Eaters from Dimension Zero. I'm interested. A game of strategic gluttony. That's basically my life. So um, the back cover of this uh, game reads, You are a cosmic frog. You stand two miles high. You are invulnerable and immortal. You have a unique superpower. You exist to harvest the land of the Shards of the Eighth so the first ones can rebuild their world. So the last bit of it is a bit sci-fi for me, but up until there, giant frog that eats things, love it. It's got um, miniatures. It has got miniatures. Frog miniatures. Giant frogs? Yeah. It gives me a kind of a root vibe, like with the unique superpowers and the kind of yeah. strategy. It's, uh, it's, it looks very... I thought it'd be some silly card game when yeah. you said the name it of it. It looks incredibly like deep and interesting. Yes. The card art, I love, I love that trippy style. Yes. Um, a really interesting, a- vivid... LSD sort of style, yeah. Yeah. LSD, really, really is, that, cool. is that right? Yeah. LCD? No, that's a different thing, isn't it's it? It's a hallucinogenic kind of... Yeah. 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 LCD is a TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's not, not a drug. That's not a drug. Um, Although you probably trip trip balls if you, if you ate one. Well, you probably die. <laughs> uh, so this is a game for 14 plus age you must be of the age 14 plus uh, for two to six players How long? and it takes 45 to 90 minutes apparently that's quite so a it's big that, range it is a big range and also that's kind of the tricky uh, range where it's like it also could take maybe 110 minutes yeah like, it's, but also is, is that what's interesting about that kind of range is that because of the player count or yeah. is that because it could be over really quickly because something could happen like, yeah, well, yeah. that's interesting yeah so I don't know what the backstory is between the shards of Eighth and the first ones. That's not what really tickles my pickle. The, my pickle is tickled by this glorious art. But yeah, it looks super cool. I haven't heard of Devious Weasel Games before. Um, have you heard of them? No, never. Love the name as well. They obviously like a an odd animal name. So they've also done Som, Hunger of a Shadow Life, Shadows of Malice, Durr, Bemused. I don't recognise any of the other ones. But yeah, Cosmic Frog, I'm... I'm I'm super intrigued by. I also kind of really like a retro... There's something about a retro-style game, deliberately retro, that I love. Yes, yes, I know what you mean. It's it's that kind of like... It's the, the art and the, it just all works together so nicely, yeah. yeah. So, yes, yeah, something to... <gasps> what? Speaking of stories that happen in the same universe, Devious Weasel released something called Shadows of Malice... And this is, although Cosmic Frog takes place in the Shadows of Malice universe, it's independent and a standalone game. Well, there you go. It's been done. It's been done. Thank you, Devious Weasel Games. It's been done. It's been done. There you go. Who knew? Not me. That's for sure. I had an inkling. You had you had an inkling because you're you're ahead of me on these things. I did. You're ahead of the curve. I am. You're a trendsetter. That's you're a jet setter. Go getter. Okay. Before we get into the meat of the game, can I tell you about what you should do if you listen to this podcast and enjoy it? You may, yes. Okay, I will. You should subscribe and tell your friends. And to do that, you can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. We would also so appreciate it if you give us a review. Hopefully a nice one. Um, The one-star ones can jog along. Thank you. No, Um, all feedback is important. And we are pretty, like, bang average. So let's not not, not oversell ourselves. I prefer five or four stars. Three if you're feeling a bit like you've had an antsy day. But five or four... Top banana. You can't ask people to be like, Why give not? love I us. I can stuff my own ballot box. This is this is a rigged election. <laughs> but we'd love it if you subscribed and left us a review. The podcast people say it really helps boost our visibility, and I think we're podcast people now, are we? Are we? Are we? Are we say? Are we claiming to be podcast people? I think we might be. Well, there you go. That's pretty. Yeah. So we'd love it if you did that. You can find us at Board Games with My Wife. Obviously, you know that because we're in your ears uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Shall we chat? Let's chat. Do you want to start or shall I start? Oh, should we pay rock, paper, scissors for it? Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. You win. I never beat you rock, paper, scissors. You actually, on this podcast, have beaten me now twice. 
Every time we play, that on sounds like you were quite. I didn't remember that, and you did. So that sounds like you're quite sore about that. I filed it. You filed. That's filed and somewhere. I think about it when I wake up at that's night. That's filed somewhere. That's like you've you want this to be changed some at some point. Now there's a second loss on that record. So who says it's a record? I thought we weren't keeping a record. Oh, it sounds like someone is. Well, as I won, does that mean I get to decide? Does that mean I go first? Well, I didn't... Whatever. Oh, whatever. Oh, whatever. Free, free rank. How exciting. Um, I will go first. So, oh, it's such hard choices going first, isn't it? Which ones to talk about first? <laughs> Why are you looking away as if you're regretting every decision you've made up to this point? I just sometimes have to count to ten before I speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I count to two. <laughs> One, two. Say crap. Right, okay. I'm going to start us off then with a a great... So these are games to get people... It's worth prefacing the topic. We've already prefaced it. But these are games to help get people, into the, get people into the hobby. And also, if you're new to gaming as well, and you're thinking, what does a board game look like? You know, I, I want to play... Oh, so- oh I just, what, what does it look like? <laughs> but you know like? what I mean? I want to play something more than Monopoly and Cluedo and Scrabble. I want to play something that's an actual board game. What does that look like? Uh, you know, let, let's have a look at uh, these things. You've talked about all these different things. I've, I've maybe Googled a few and I'm a bit, bit of where to start. So let's get you started. So I'm going to start with probably one of the easiest entry level things. It's obviously for a group of people. Mm-hmm. One of those, one of those. There's lots of games in this category, and that category would be social deduction. So social deduction basically means you're all lying. There's a lot of lying to each other, and a lot of someone's someone's an imposter, someone's a fake person, and they're pretending to be part of the the group, and then that person needs to unravel the whole the whole group, for, the whole the whole task for everybody, and they they may win. They're a lot of fun, but they work well with groups of people. Probably mm-hmm. they work well with probably more. You need north of three people, probably four, five, six people. That's their perfect spot. So if it's just two, well, it's pointless in a two player game because you're like, well, I'm not the person who's a villain, so that means it's you. <laughs> <laughs> but even at three, it's a bit. It comes a bit intense, but. The, but my choice for that, because it's so quick and so easy, would be One Night Ultimate Werewolf by Bees. I've never actually said that. I'd say Bees. Yeah, I say Bees. By Bees Games. So this is a great example of this. Werewolf is a classic in this in this genre. It's, it's one of the games that's been in the, it's been around for absolutely ages, uh, and um, it's it's kind of like a it's a it's a, it's the ultimate hidden role game where you are. Someone is a werewolf in the village, and everyone else is different village people. And then be, the nighttime phase will come, and the werewolf might do something, and then the and then the everyone will vote on who they think the werewolf is, and that person will be some I think will be executed. And if they're not the werewolf, then the werewolf wins because they've got away with it. If if, if, if and if they, if they are the werewolf, all the villagers win. And in this game, there's an app that helps you do this, that helps you count and, and tells you when to wake up because different people wake up during the night phase and they have different powers. That's my lots favorite of, bit. Lots of different. So it's quite intense. The app is incredibly theatrical. And, It'll be and, like robber, wake up. And and there's different like roles in the game, so people are doing different things, and so therefore it's not just all against the werewolf. There's people who've got other tasks to complete, so therefore you might be acting. Oh, you should mention nighttime means everyone closes their eyes. Yes, oh, yes, so that's the other thing. Everyone closes their eyes, so it's very interactive. It's very yeah, common, and it's a, it's a good laugh. And what's even better about it is it doesn't overstay it. It's welcome. It literally each round or game lasts probably five or ten minutes, yeah. even shorter if you if you're quick at debating and or it's really obvious. And you can decide how many rounds you play. There's no like scoring or anything. You, you either win or you lose. And you decide how many rounds you play, and it's a really it's just a load of fun it's a really fun game yeah. a fun experience if you're looking for that kind of fun get the party started experience this is what I recommend and there are other games in this that we probably prefer but what I like about this one is that it is that 10 minutes so if it doesn't work with the group or doesn't yeah. gel you can just say okay well that was the experience we'll move on there are other games like um, Deception Murder in Hong Kong which do a similar thing but they're like 40, 45 minutes so it's yeah. like it's a bit like awkward if you're still sitting there 40 minutes later and no, and no one's really into it yeah the um, other great thing about uh, this one in terms of a social deduction game is this sounds like up your street this is a fairly low price point to entry whether yes. something like Murder in Hong Kong is uh, more expensive, expensive. Yeah. so this is a nice one to see if you like that kind of vibe because it's not for everyone no. it is quite intense and it needs a good group of people who are comfortable with each other and happy to you know lose beat my werewolves uh, I, al- I, I also think there's other there's other there's other adaptions of this there's like one there's like one night ultimate alien I think one night ultimate vampire so mm. other different sort of t- twists on the theme uh, but yeah they, but and I think they all knit together as well and you can kind of select the characters you want if, if, if that interests you but yeah really quick really fun and if, if yeah I think with a group of people it's, it's, it's a good laugh yeah and good luck getting the app theme music out of your head the days yes. afterwards. It's incredibly catchy. Okay, very nice. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> Thank you for like sharing. I, I coordinate either some an AA kind of, meeting, yeah, yeah. An AA re- meeting or maybe a children's yes. lesson. Thank you for sharing, Jimmy. Thank you for sharing, Jimmy. Now go sit down. Right, the first one on my list is Azul by Next Move Games. And Azul is a... 
uh, a really visually beautiful game which we have tested out with people who don't identify as gamers um, and they have really enjoyed it so in Azul you are artfully building these walls for I think the king the emperor the someone someone has asked for the walls some, some Portuguese fella has asked for the walls yeah um, or, or lady I don't know I just want to see who, who it is it's and some Portuguese in, in person, person. Um, and it's a very simple uh, tile draft and pattern building game and so it is really good for people of really a, a wide range of ages so as you'll recommend from 8 plus and I think that's because the pattern building element it makes it very accessible for yes. uh, younger players as well um, but it also makes it great for non-gamers who are older too because it feels like an intuitive style of gameplay yes. so you are pattern building in addition obviously to playing a game the way it drafts is you draft and pull tiles out of the kind of different factories and what what's good about a drafting game particularly for people who are perhaps new to gaming or maybe not as experienced with gaming is that it's kind of just like every, everyone's playing from the same pool and you haven't got a lot of you haven't really got any private information you've got zero private information to think about or worry about so therefore you've actually got quite limited choices and, and there's lots of variation in those choices and there's lots of potential right and wrong things to do but it's not overwhelming to think like right i need to start planning my strategy you know and thinking i can't copy this person over here or do something over here because actually you know that might not be good for me and yeah. I think that that's what's really good about a game like this it's yeah. really friendly to everybody mm. I also think the nice thing about Azul is the playtime for new players so it's 30 to 45 minute playtime so it's not like One Night Werewolf where you're in and out really quickly and you might do a couple of rounds this feels like you've played a proper game you've done it for 45 minutes you could play it again if you want to or move on to something else or you can put it away and feel satisfied that yes you've played a game and and you've completed that I think it's a bit irritating that it's for two to four players it would be really nice if it was for six maybe I wonder but... if expansions I don't, I don't know we've only got base Azul and I wonder if the expansions do that there are other versions of Azul not base Azul there's like Azul other different versions that add yeah, more same, complexity same class, yeah. to the game and kind of gamify some things no, some more and I think one of the nice things about Base Azul is its simplicity and that it's definitely a really good thing it's like yeah it's really nice it's just it, it, it all makes sense mm. and yeah actually there's still quite a lot of depth to it in terms of choosing things and picking stuff and making sure you pick stuff and, and, and watching out what your opponents are doing but it's not overkill and yeah. I think that yeah that's what, what got people really enjoyed yeah also a nice one for people who take pleasure in a visual stimulation i don't know why i'm talking about it in some kind of sexy way um but i think is a striking example of a game where if you're used to games like scrabble or monopoly or more standard games this is a really vibrant tactile game and colourful. Where you're, yeah it's tactile yeah. it's colorful and you're winning based on visual patterns which yes. i think is a nice example of the breadth of board gaming where it's not just like first person to this many points yeah I, I think that's a really good point about it being tactile and colourful and people are like oh this is what a game can be it can mm. be this kind of visually interesting and you know that rather than just a board you move around and, and you, you complete things in it mm. thank you for sharing <laughs> thank you so next one on my list is is another one that is visually interesting and a take on a classic game or say take it's kind of a take on a classic game that everyone will know whether people will play it or like it or not is be that game being chess and the game being onatama the game i'm talking about being onatama onatama mm-hmm. by conception is a really interesting abstract strategy game so this is an example of an abstract strategy game which is effectively like chess where you've got a you, I mean, that's what it says on the tin the strategy is abstracted you're playing something that's kind of not really representative of what it actually is it's, but it's but it's kind of you know, the, I always find the definition of abstract strategy really sticky it is really sticky it's really sticky usually it's a game where it's like the pieces are representing the what you're doing and it's very strategic and, and it's that not that doesn't sound abstract to me no. that sounds really literal <laughs> yeah I know I know but it's like it's like if you're in chess you're not fighting a war but it's kind of like that's what you're supposed to be I think you're that's not the idea. doing that in any other board game either we're not actually going to war they're just meeples yeah, true, we're gonna true. have cake afterwards <laughs> true but I think I think to be honest, I think abstract strategy is a game and it's I think a catch-all, it's a kind it, of catch-all yeah. for this kind of game where it's like a a um it's a strategy game. A strategy game, yeah. yes, and it's 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 abstracted in the, in the in the for example in in Azul, you're getting the pieces to build your mosaic, which is your tiles. So it's kind of like you're doing that thing. You're, the theme's filling the thing. Within this, you're supposed to be having like some sort of kung fu battle. Um, and the way that's happening is over like basically like chess. You're taking pieces. Pieces are moving around in a way where it's like that's not natural for someone to be like, I'm going to move two forward and one to the left because that's mm-hmm. what I do. It's like that kind of thing. And what Azul, what Onatama does really well is that it's, it's, it is for two players, as, as you'd expect with chess. It's, it's much smaller and lighter than something like chess. It takes the 15, 20, 
20 minutes to play and it's a game of perfect information so this is what is so great about this game there are five they're in the game they're multiple movement cards but you play with five movement cards out at one time these movement cards determine how your pieces move around the around the board you have a king or sensei i think they're called in the game and then you have i think it's four pawns effectively in the game your goal is to try and take the other opponent's king or get your sensei sensei sorry or get the sensei in the castle of of your opponent the temple of your opponent and you have these cards that dictate how you can move so it says this piece this piece can move one of your pieces can move two two diagonally left or two diagonally right or one can move one to the left or three to the right those kinds of different different variations of things and they rotate and you're passed so every time you use one you put it into the central area and you take the one from the central area so you're going to be passing this around so because it's perfect information you have some inkling about what, what you're going to give your opponent or what your opponent can do based on what they've got in front of them therefore that plays into the moving so it is quite thinky and you know it, it, it's for people who are happy to have that kind of you know that that real thinky battle of being like planning and, and pre-planning and kind of trying to maneuver around but i think where something like chess is quite a longer game and also so much depth in that in terms of like each well also you have to know the movement rules for each piece yeah, rules for each piece. and then there's so many pieces i was like what is it 24 pieces or something like that on chess yeah. so it's like there's so many but pieces so for, it's like i think what's great about onachama is you the movement rules are like you say are perfect information everyone knows them and then they're being refreshed every yes. round yeah, so exactly. you don't have to think oh how does the sensei yes. move and how do the pawns a- move actually ironic when you when you look down you've got limited choices you've only got two cards so therefore yeah. you've got two choices and you can plan it based on other things but you've only got two choices to actually go from so you've got to do something and and it, yeah it, it's it's a really great example of that game and like i say if you're two players or if you're if you're in that kind of environment where you play with someone potentially quite regularly this is a game where i feel like you've got to try this game because i think if you if, if if you like that idea i think you'll i think you'll love it i think it's also i wouldn't describe myself as a particularly um I wouldn't pride myself on my strategic thinking. It's not how I play a game. I'm more. I'm much more um, reactive in the game style. But I love Onatama. It's a joy to play. It's. Um, I think also because it's a 15 to 20 minute game where you know losing isn't painful. You haven't invested hours and hours in that. And I think that you want to play again to try and get better. And because the game is so simple, you can literally see all the information. You know, you might play one time and then your new gamer might say, "I'd like to go again" because you can see where yeah. the improvement points are. And interestingly enough, BGG lists Azul as an abstract strategy game. So that's what I know about, about abstract strategies. You said it was an abstract strategy. No, I said it wasn't. I said it wasn't an abstract strategy because it's doing something else. But it is. It, I know, but that shows what I know. Exactly, I'm saying it shows what I know. the way you described abstract strategy would be just... Then yes, I did do that. Edit this out. No, I look <laughs> clever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, uh, kind of it's, it's pieces and pieces and lack of theme, but even though... Even though there's often the theme in there. Uh, Absolute strategy, and this is, this is a great example of that, and mm. one of our favourites. Speaking of our favourites, I'm going to talk to you about Gantron Clever for the millionth time. The four um, billionth time. But we have to include this in this episode. Because we have to, because we have to include it in every episode. It's the rules. Because we've been paid off. Obliged. Um, but this genuinely is such a brilliant game for new gamers, not only because of its simplicity, but also it has such great flexibility as a game so it's in a teeny little box it travels brilliantly so i can imagine once we're able to travel again and see people the joy um this is the kind of game that would travel really well if you're going away with people or if you're going to a party and you're looking for something to play so gangstrom clever plays uh for one to four players for 30 minutes so it's a little bit longer than something like onatama for example but um is a slightly chunkier game so in Gangstrom Clever, you are rolling dice to try and match up to different pieces of your board. And the dice are colour-coded, and so are your pieces of paper, which are your boards in this scenario. There's some really nice player interaction where you can take uh, other players' dice or um, buy them with uh, currency that you get in the game. But I think the great thing about Gangstrom Clever is that it is highly replayable and addictive in that it gives you a uh, some score banding on the back to see how well you've done. And Jack and I started off doing really poorly. And then as we were uh, wanted to play more and more and more, we got better. But it's really nice. Again, it has a really great uh, accessible price point. So a low barrier to entry in terms of the uh, the cost. And like I say, is a is a great game for... I think it actually works incredibly well with two as well. So if you do have um, a friend or a spouse or a particular gaming partner that you... or future game partner that you're trying to get into gaming this is a great one because it has a really great two-player experience should have said it's by schmitzbiel uh, for those that are interested also what i quite enjoyed that was the way you described future gaming partner you tried to get into gaming sounds like you're gonna like kidnap somebody <laughs> you would be my future gaming partner get in the van and i would get you into gaming whether you like it or not uh, yeah i yeah we've, we've waxed lyrical about this one many many times it's a fantastic game and it is great i think 
at this price point, it's literally you can't even argue with it. It's like it's like ten English pounds convert that to your local currency, that it, 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 which is great value for money and so replayable. And it's like a, it's more of like a puzzle than it is a game. It's kind yeah. of more puzzly. Yes, it would be but, great for puzzlers. But I think. yeah, I think if you like a puzzle, like a Sudoku or that kind of thing, I think you'll really like this because it is kind of like you're basically yes, it's got the game element of the dice, so things are happening and you're reacting. But it is more puzzly in the sense of like, if I put this there, that will trigger this over here. So therefore, that's I'm going to do that now and do this and and you know and and there's so many different combinations of things you can do. And yeah, I, say, I, th- I think it's a, it's a really great game mm. and quick. Yeah. Right. And so a game that is that is a definitely one more on the family end of the spectrum and a lighter game, uh, but is a really visually great game and one that is, I think, I just think, I just think, just I just think it's it's great fun and it, and it's really easy to get into is Sushi Go Party by Game Right. So Sushi Go Party sees you basically build a sushi menu collect sushi pieces firstly it's got a very charming art style with the kind of like cute happy sushi um, happy sushi they don't know they're going to yeah. get eaten they don't know they're about to be devoured but it's got a very cute kind of happy art style which is lovely that's that's one of the one of the great things and in the way the games work is it's it's a card drafting game so it's a great introduction to draft the idea of drafting and what drafting mm. is in the in this game you you first of all you have to set the game up with different types of sushi they're going to be in which gives it great replayability and then you will pass cards to each other and you'll draft from the from from, from the hand so you'll so you'll, you'll, have, you'll have a hand of i think it's like eight eight or nine cards you'll take one of them out and you'll pass them to the left yeah. of your opponent so if in like a four-player game you'll see you'll, you'll see that hand maybe two or three more times yeah. so you've got this interesting thing of being like roughly you know kind of some of the yeah. stuff that's out there but you don't know everything and then also what am i passing to my opponent so it's got those yeah. deeper I like strategy. That mechanic, it's yeah. not only social but it is also strategic like you say but then also guiding for players who may be uh, unfamiliar with games to be like okay we pass it on and then yeah. we get it again it's a repetitive action that makes you comfortable with the game and then it adds set collection onto that so it adds this really nice layer of set collection onto that and that you're collecting these different sets of sushi and you are trying to basically score the most points. And, and some of them behave in different ways. Sometimes you have to be collect the most to score the points. Sometimes if you collect the least, you score, you lose points. Sometimes you have to collect certain different combinations of things. Sometimes you have to collect multiples of things to get higher up on the, on, on the multiplier. Lots of different things you can do with that. And I, I just, like I said, I think it's a really, really solid, really solid mechanically mechanical game. And that if you... Again, any group of people can play this. The, the theme allows it to be transcends across generations mm. and ages. There's no like, there's no. It's, it, it's charming, but also it's not like so childish that it's like it feels like you're playing a kids' game sort of thing. It feels, you know, even as a group of adults playing it, you wouldn't feel like oh, this. You think oh, that's cute. You wouldn't think like oh, it's, yeah. it's, it's childish. And it's got this. Lo- I say it's got it's, the, the card drafting in it is really simple but really solid, and it it kind of introduces that idea of it being like okay, I need to pay attention to what the person on my left and right are doing because yeah. I'm, I'm going to part. I'm going to pass and receive things from them so I've got to try and if you want to get strategic you've got to try and second guess or strategize about what they might give you or, or what you want to give the, that person which I think this is, is really such an insight into your brain whenever we play Sushi Go Party I'm just like ooh Nagiri <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, that's when we play every game though that is always your, you're always your thing of being I'm just like, to you're be so there. fluid when you play games which is, which is interesting because we, we always perform very similar on most games yeah. we're pretty much neck and neck on a lot of things Goes it can go either way so it's interesting that my very strategic brain who's like plotting and planning doesn't necessarily really get get me much advantage which could just mean I'm bad at strategy <laughs> could just mean I'm bad or you've got you're like a, a child genius I'm a, yeah I'm sensei you're sensei you, you, I'm sensei and you're just, you just feel the force yeah. flow through you and then you're I'm like right I need to do this did you mention that Sushi Go Party is 2 to 8 players I didn't mention 2 to 8 players however I would say I would mention from experience of playing it with 8 players it's actually better to play it I think it's best best numbers are sort of the 3 to 5 range BGG because, reckons 4 to 5 is the best yeah four, four, no, sorry I think sorry I meant to say 4 to 5 not 3 to 5 I would have said 4 to 5 without even looking at that because the reason with 8 the issue with playing with 8 people is that I think the hand car, the size of the hands mm-hmm. are like 8 or 9 so at that point you lose this. You, you'll never see that hand again yeah. so it's kind of like you've got a bit of it because you can still pay attention to what's next door so you might not want to give them certain things but actually to a degree yeah. it's like for example one of the great things is when, you, when you're playing a 4 player game or or, or a low count game you're like I might risk this and try and see if I can get this back later to take yeah. this other thing and then it's like that's interesting whereas in the in the eight player game it's like well I'm never seeing that again so goodbye yeah. it doesn't really matter yeah, yeah, yeah. you yeah. just take what the best thing is from that from that selection it's a different style of game not yes. I don't think it's as good personally hmm. thanks so much for your contribution <laughs> would you like another mile mate? I'll go sit at the back of the class now <laughs> can I have one gold star please no Jimathan why am I Jimathan <laughs> I was Jimmy so basically my full name is Jimathan <laughs> And people call me Jimmy for short. Wouldn't you want to be called Jimmy for short? 
No, I want to be called Jimothan. Jimothan. I'm like, Mum, why did you call me Jimothan? <laughs> because we hate you, Jimothan. Jimothan. Do you reckon anyone in the world is called Jimothan? This is so, so tangent now. Is anyone in the world called Jimothan? Really How are you spelling Jimothan? With an I. So I'm going Jimmy. No, Jimmy Thon. Jimmy Thon. Jimothan Kittens, I'm scared to click. Oh, that's, I'm scared to click, click as well. Oh no, they're, they're, they're cats. I'm not going to click any further because this looks like a trapdoor of the internet. There are I'm... people called Jimothan. Jimothan is a name. Is it? There are people called Jimothan. Or maybe they just call themselves Jimothan. Or maybe you just yeah, maybe you just kind of give yourself a Jimothan title. Yeah, I can't be the only person that spontaneously has combusted a Jimothan. There's no famous Jimothans though. We don't know any famous Jimothan. Not yet. Not yet, young Jimothan, but you <laughs> shoot for the stars. <laughs> Do you want me to tell you about a game? Tell me about a game. Okay. Uh, we also think that Dragon Castle by Horrible Guild would be an excellent game for new gamers. So in Dragon Castle, you're drafting Mahjong-like tiles and placing them carefully to create the best castle. And I love that, carefully. You have to be careful. Um, and we think this is great because, firstly, the tiles are not only incredibly beautiful, very satisfying in their weight, um, really, really high production quality. I mean, this is properly seducing you in terms of what the kind of component quality in board games can be like. But also because they are Mahjong-like, there's that kind of association again for new gamers who might be aware of Mahjong and other types of games that feel like, oh, I know what this is. It's got no relation to Mahjong as far as I'm aware in terms of the gameplay. Oh, dog's having a little barky dream. But there's that kind of, it's setting you at ease with an art style that you feel familiar with. In Dragon Castle, it's basically a game of set collection. So if you're a gamer and there are games that you love that are about set collection, then Dragon Castle is a great game to start with because it kind of gets you into the shallow end of of set collecting. And so the idea is that you're set collecting laterally, but also you're building vertically, which is another great example of board games having wonderful table presence, exciting um, vertical space going upwards, which is an interesting, different kind of take on board gaming, where you might think, you know, Trivial Pursuit, very flat, besides your little cheese wheels. And you are trying to match up different tiles and then build shrines. So it's a very simple process-driven game, but the process of doing it is incredibly meditative. It's not a particularly aggressive game, even though it's competitive, which I think is always nice for new gamers that you're not going straight in with really harsh, uh, conflicting game styles. This is much more uh, gentle. The art style is also beautiful beyond the tiles as well. You have these incredible uh, creature drawings, which I think for anyone like myself who likes a magical creature, always a nice It's bonus. always a try. I, I, it's a lovely game. It's a really lovely game. I think, again, one of the... Uh, like, even even better than a jewel in the sense of if people are looking at it, like, wow, this is a board game. Yeah. I think that's that, that that's how I think you yeah. look at it. When you when you see the setup, when you see the little mini castles, when you see the colours, you just think, wow, this is a board, This is what a board game is. Yeah. And that, I think, is what you... I think, personally, for new gamers, that's one of the most important things to try and get over is that there's... Obviously, there's so many amazing things you could go. You could go eventually get to things like, you know, God, all sorts of things. Terraforming Mars is the Blood Rages. The, the, the games that are like massive and big miniatures and the, like yeah. big expansive games. But I think sometimes it's like people, when you hear a board game, like if, if I'm listening to a podcast or watching something on television and you hear people discussing board games, their literal frame of reference is Monopoly, Cluedo. Like that's their frame of reference yeah. for those kinds of games. And this is the kind of thing where it's like, if, you're, if you put that on a table, it's like, table presence and being like oh wow this is really cool i'm doing this i see that it's like visually yeah. it's really exciting yeah also worth mentioning dragon castle has a really great digital version on does, yes. steam which we've played and i'm sure on other digital platforms so if your potential new gaming partners wherever they are um if you can't get into a van you can also play because social distancing because social distancing yes not because that's wrong um uh, interestingly another one that's two to four players so we're picking up lots of games for new gamers that start with a more a close in it bunch yeah, I and think, yeah. BGG recommends this plays best at two as well so play best at two interesting exactly. mm. I've, I've quite enjoyed it at three and four we played I have before, as well so. I, think, I think it plays well across the numbers I think, I think at two you get in, you get more you get to pick more tiles yeah. therefore you get more you, you do more and make more little, little house, castles with houses on top with roofs on top so it's kind of like that's quite that's quite fun to do you could do bigger combos and those kinds of things you've got more choice which is sometimes always good sometimes good sometimes good not sometimes not as good so another game of two to four players. <laughs> this is bizarre, isn't it? This is this is an insight into our into our into our into our um, our, our, our lives. Um, is 
a game called Qu The Quacks of Quedlingburg by Schmidt Spiel. This is a relatively new game into our collection. I say new, we got it, we got it sort, of, sort of last year, but this is one where we played it and thought, yeah, this is this is a great game for, for, for new gamers. Now, this one probably, actually, is the most complicated game that we've spoken about, I would say. I think in terms of rules, what's going on, things to pay attention to. But it does a cup. So probably this is one where it's like... It, you benefit if from you're, if, the yeah, if you're brand new, then I still would say recommend checking it out, but just just like okay, stick with it. But also, if someone's in the know, I think as long as you're explaining things well, I think it's, you should be able to get people going. Because one of the things this game does, this has got a couple of brilliant elements that are really great for new gamers. So it is a push your luck bag building game where you're basically buying you're basically a quack so for anyone familiar with that with that with, with that phraseology a quack is a fake is a fake doctor a charlatan who makes lotions and potions and to, 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 to cure things and doesn't doesn't actually have a clue what they're doing i'm gonna see what the definition of quack is because you are doing a little bit of defamation there for the quacks of quedlingberg what's a quack I think you're 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 in the ballpark. I think I'm but... pretty much bang on. It's a fake. It's a fake doctor who's charlatan who sells potions and potions that make it snake oil. What does it say? Please read me the definition. You... Quackery, often synonymous with health fraud, is the promotion of fraudulent or ignorant medical practices. I'm sorry, the people of Quedlinburg. I tried to defend you. I'm dropping mics now. I'm dropping mics. There's so many mics on the floor. Told you, I know what a quack is because I am a quack. <laughs> I've got a, a big um, trench coat and I've got lotions of potions and I go around people and be like, you got an ailment, I'll give you so useful lotions and potions. Oh, that sounds very creepy. And you're channeling a bit of Phil Mitchell there as well. I know, but you know, you've got to, you've got, you've got to hustle. Waterman. You've got to hustle and sell your lotions and potions. All right, Dennis. We're gonna open a on our on 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 the Battle Game website. We'll have a store soon where we sell lotions and potions. We'll sell snake oil. We won't. <laughs> we won't be doing. That. But anyway, so you are a quack, and you're basically making a potion with any old crap um, to 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 kind of just yeah, that's that's the theme of the game. You've got a cauldron, and you're making potions. So you're bag building, so you're buying and collecting ingredients, and then you're drawing them from the bag to create a potion that will score you points and get you money to better buy more ingredients, etc., etc. The interesting challenge is is that the, the push your luck element comes and you're drawing from your bag and you've got these things in the bag which can basically blow up your potion and if your potion blows up you get nothing so it's like or you get very little so it's, so it's really bad if that happens so the push your luck element comes in where you want to try and make the potion with the most ingredients in and the best potion but also you don't want to blow up so you've got this great thing of being like that you know that tricky balance <laughs> so you've got this so you've got this great thing of being like you, you draw from the bag what you choose to draw and that i think is really fun mm. and also it's a great balancer because it's like anybody can get lucky anyone can get unlucky so it's like whatever happens yeah, happens i actually think it's more less about your uh knowledge of gaming and more about your disposition for your risk, risk aversion you yeah. were brilliant in this game because you were so risk averse you were like well i will take no risk although the rubber banding helps you so and then what this game also does which i think is equally as brilliant and equally as friendly to new players is that sounds that could sound like someone could get absolutely trounced and be left a million miles behind but what this game does which is really clever is it uses rubber banding which is basically to ensure that whoever's in it can try and contract first first to last place to give to give players who fall behind some some level of advantage to allow them to still be in the game which is great for a kind of a new gamer game and, and a family game because you don't want to be in a situation where someone's like 300 points ahead and being like well I've won this and everyone's then yeah. flipping the table so what it does is the person when you're behind the score you're allowed to use rat tails in your potion which basically give you a boost to your potion to basically help you get more points and score your risk, and it yeah. reduces your risk therefore getting you more points and money as well so therefore you always get more if you're in behind now obviously that, that that is or isn't a good thing because sometimes it's better to have the points on the board than you I, I was behind you the whole game and I constantly was in it still but you definitely handily won the game the last time we played so because I'm, I'm you know, you're I was, a quack I'm, I am a quack yeah and I think that is I passed off like I say slightly more it's not mega complicated we're not talking about a mega complicated game here but it's slightly more on the complex side but I think the, the couple of things it does in it are just really brilliant for, for kind of a new game environment for people to be like okay I get this you'll, you'll play yeah. one phase you'll be like right I get this now I think also, because the cauldrons regularly explode, there's that titillation of, ha, 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 the yes. cauldron's exploded. Like, it's not a high-stakes game. Everyone's cauldron probably will explode at some at one point. Yeah. Because I don't think it might actually did. did no, because you're too risk-averse. I'm too risk-averse. Um, you just bank your money with me, though. And so I think it's a game that, whilst, yes, it's, it's the most complex in terms of you can't just sit down and be told what to do and crack on. Well, obviously you can, because that's what ball games are, but um, it's the more complicated version of, of, of that. But yes, it's it it's very light hearted mm, and very much so, keeps yeah. everyone in the mix. Yes. Thank you, Jonathan. No problem. So is this the last one? It will be, yeah. It is. So the last one will start where we finished, which is with Ticket to Ride. 
by Days of Full Wonder. circle. Full circle. Choo-choo! All aboard. Uh, this is a two to five player game which takes 30 to 60 minutes and is for ages of eight plus. Uh, in Ticket to Ride, you are charting train tracks across a um, landscape and we play... Europe, but we have played lots of them now because Ticket to Ride also has a great yes. digital version, and we've played, I think, Nordic and a couple of others. Uh, Nordic is tricky, so Ticket to Ride Europe is a really good place to start. Um, and so the gameplay in Ticket to Ride is simple, effective, clear, and ultimately very satisfying um, and a great one for new gamers, I think, because also it's a very visual game where you are putting miniature trains on a map, across a board, it's very visual. Like with a lot of the games that we have uh, listed today, it's a game where the board really uh, can guide new players visually into understanding what the game is about. And so in Ticket to Ride you get objective cards that have different train tracks on them, and then you get points for the longest route. So it's incredibly simple in terms of its point scoring and the gameplay of it, and super easy to pick up. I think is one of those games that... If you're into games, you've probably played this or have a copy of I think you're aware of it played. This is this is probably often somebody's first gateway game yeah. and the game they play the first. And then this is a game that will make you like, oh, this is board games do with this as well. You said that about three times. But I think it's important. I think that's what the experience... For me, that when I've, when, I, when I've introduced games to you or to family or to other people, it's to be like, we're playing a board game and then people have a certain perception of what that what that is. And then them being like, oh, this isn't what mm. I expected at all. Like This is really interesting. Yeah. And whilst Ticket to Ride is network and route building, I actually think it gives quite a good grounding if you want to then move players onto a game that includes area control. So it gives an idea of... Um, you need to take up these spaces on the map and if you don't, someone else will and they'll benefit. So Ticket to Ride is quite a nice um, dip in the water of what happens when you're doing more competitive area control, which tends to crop up in slightly more complicated games or more competitive games. I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think it's just a visually, it's nice. It's in, it, it just, it's just satisfying to lay down the trains. I think lots of different factors that work really positively for it. Like it's, mm. it's one of those games where it's not. It's got like two rules in it. You pick up cards. You play. So you pick. You pick up cards and you play cards to lay trains, and that's kind of it. So it's yeah. like it, it keeps it really simple. And I just think, like I say, I think there's a reason why it's really successful. Mm. And there's like a billion and one different versions of it now, so you can choose pretty much what you want or yeah. get the deluxe edition. If you want the 15th anniversary edition, it is coming soon, as Jack told us at the top of the episode. So those are our eight more uh, great games for new gamers. Uh, we would love to know what games you normally introduce to new gamers to get them into the hobby but now we've reached the end of our main topic should we talk about what's been on the cards and is going to be on the cards we will talk about what's been on the cards what's going to be on the cards well what's been on the cards has been brass brass what what's been on the cards brass brass you're rolling your r's with your lips rather than your tongue oh i'm sorry i didn't realize i was doing it wrong brass brass i can't do the tongue brass blah (laughs) blah Brass. No, lips again. Brass. Brass. No. <laughs> I thought I'd try to do a high pitch at you and that didn't work either. Brass. 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 How do you do the R rolling in Is this really lovely audio for you to listen to? Yeah, the dog is literally like leaving now. He's like, no, that's too much. All right, okay. So, Brass Birmingham is Brass. Brass or Brass. I think I prefer the first one. With your lips. It sounds more like... It also, that first one sounds more old-timey, like someone who would be, run, who'd be running businesses in, in those times. He'd be like... Because it's cold. Yeah. Oh, no, but, no, Not because, in no, He's been like, affronted by, I don't know, seeing an ankle of a lady. He's like... Bruh! Oh, he's pearl-clutching. Yes, he's pearl-clutching, yes. Okay. You can imagine that, can't you? With the top hats on and, you know... And a pearl. And a pearl, yes. I don't think he'd have pearls. Just an expression. Don't get too attached. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about the game, shall we? After all that, after all that uh, segueing, people have turned off now. They're like, "That's so." Brass cool. Birmingham is is the reimplementation of Brass Lancashire, which is a economic game about producing during the Industrial Revolution in England. It sounds heavy. It, it is. It, 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 yeah, it's it's not as heavy as I thought it would be, but it's economic. You're buying. You're you're basically. Buying, you're upgrading industry, using goods and services to build more things, to sell things, to sell goods and services, you know to create networks. Is? Do you what? want to actually know what, what heavy is? Is how much time do you have to spend thinking about what you're going to do? Yeah. It's not necessarily there are loads of mechanics or there's or loads of stuff, yeah, or, or rules or going caveats. on. caveats. It's the fact that 
this is how I feel about viticulture, is you have to think so far ahead yeah. to plan your strats. Yes. That's the heaviness, is the brain afterwards has been wrung out. Yes, yes, I, I, I know exactly what you mean by that. It's very much that feeling of, yeah, it's like you're planning, you have to think, if you're not thinking... I like, times I, I like, you like to well. use a, a notebook in future plays. Okay, you can make a notebook, but write down what your plan was and see if. I you, just forget. You do forget. Yeah. I forget. And this is this is where I'm scuppered by. I like to take games as they come and play in the moment. Where they're like, if you play in the moment in brass, you're 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 fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're I, remember, I remember how affronted you were when because you you travel from you, you you go through time in the game and you go from the canal phase where 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 industry use a lot of the canal stuff to the rail phase where you're using railway traffic and at that point at the, at the end of the canal phase round effectively the era all the stuff like all the canal stuff comes off the board and some of the buildings come off the board and you was you were very affronted by that weren't you i was a canal based industry you're like why have i spent so much time and money on all these things i've gone now that was a fairly accurate description of what happened wasn't it I don't think that was a fair impression. You sound very shrewish. <laughs> very shrewish. You were, you were a shrewish business owner. Being like, work in the whatever industry I'm doing here. I did a lot of iron work. You did a lot of iron work. It was a good game. To circle back round to our actual Very good game. game. Very good game, yes. Yeah. It, it was enjoyable. If you like economics, if you like things linking into each other, industry, that kind of style of thing, network building, thinking and planning ahead and trying to execute that, this is absolutely a game, a game, a game, a game for you. A game for also, you it is a thrill to see the Midlands on a board. It's like, yes, to see Coventry. I was like, big up Coventry, my man. That's what I said to it, and it was like, it's me. City of Culture, twenty twenty one. At some point, <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, Hopefully. maybe. Hey. Um, yeah, it, it was a really, really enjoyable play, and I think that we will play it again and definitely enjoy it the second yes. playthrough. I think because it's one of those games where you get to the end of each phase so the, the canal phase and, yeah, and that's the what should have done yeah. and then you realise yeah, what, what the play should have been but it's also really interesting I think this game because I don't think I've played a game that's so distinctly split into two phases yes like that sounds like the gameplay is going to be really short but obviously it's not because you play out all of the you basically do two yeah. rounds of the game with different uh, and I, I was surprised about how the moment to moment actual actions the planning yes complicated but the moment to moment actions were quite simple they always you have cards is, is you play though? cards and that was it you play cards to do things and you pay money for things it's yeah, the but planning that is, that but it's the right planning like, yeah, but think of a game like Eclipse for example which probably is a similar weight and if you look on BG probably a similar weight there was lots of like different actions different things you could do and lots of different things going on thinking about upgrading your ships and there's 50 different upgrades you can select from there weren't a lot of different actions there are lots of different upgrades and if you think about that we had the all the different types of we could do the coal iron like cotton all of those different things they just have more of that in Eclipse mm. I don't think I, that's I, I found it, I found it quite more. I found it quite simple but also brilliant at the same time because it was like you were planning ahead very, very much my vibe I love that kind of game that's my vibe absolutely my vibe absolutely yeah there weren't enough um, unicorns in it for me Magical creatures. So Maybe we should design a heavy economic game, but set in a fantasy world. I would dig that. That'd be best of both worlds, wouldn't it? It would be best of both worlds. There you go. That's that's for that to be on our agenda. Okay, Eclipse for those interested is three point seven. Okay. Um, and brass, I think brass would be three point eight or four point one. One of those two is three point nine. Oh wait, that was between. <laughs> literally almost bang in the middle. Uh, yes, yeah, so it's not not a million not a million miles apart. Mm. That's it, but they're saying grass is more complicated. I think it's I think it's actually easier, but more complex in terms of what the what's the right thing to do and how the best way to play it. That's what that you're right. It's that planning ahead, and if yeah. you don't plan ahead, you are yeah. scuppered. You are also it's scuppered. the ability to transcend. <laughs> so, it's the ability to transcend. <laughs> Shut up! It's the ability to transcend moment to moment decisions and see a larger strategy unfolding. Yes, and I, I think this had a bit of the. For, for you, for you, I felt it had a. Don't bit, critique me. I'm not critiquing you, but I'm saying it had a bit of the Everdell effect in the in the. You best watch out because I'll come back in two years and I, I'll be there. And you'll be there, and you'll, and you'll you'll be brilliant at it. But I think as much as in Everdell, it's got that feeling of like if you don't play certain, do certain things in the first phase. One of the key things, as I said, where things come off the board, I then had things left on the board, which meant I was going to guarantee scoring more points than you in the second phase because I was I had things already on the board, and so it's, that was interesting. And therefore, if you hadn't prepped for that you couldn't not do that you could not have those things ready so it's kind of that thing that you've got to prep you have no choice if you don't prep you'll miss out and it's that kind of you have to do that you can't you can't wait around to do it well thank you for that whatever that was pep talk improvement who knows have we played anything else we haven't played anything else no that was it talk about what's on the cards what is it? well no we, we, we can't talk about what's on the cards because you won't make your mind up 
Oh, it's my turn to decide what's on the cards. Yes. Um, so what's on the card? They go put you under pressure now. What's on the cards? I don't know. I would. I would actually kind of like after talking about Onatama today. I'd quite like to play that. There you go. Maybe Onatama and a glass of wine. That sounds like a nice weekend, doesn't it? Just that all weekend. That all weekend. What else? Um, we'll probably do a play of our scythe campaign game. Yeah, that could be possible on the cards. We're f- as usual, flailing with a campaign. We game. always flail though. That's when did what we, we start do. that? A year ago? More than a year ago? Less than a year ago? We're not doing very well. Some a year time and a half ago, ago I think oh, maybe even two years ago we know we, we'll get we'll get to it we'll get to it okay stop nagging um, I don't know we'll have to see what the crack is I also kind of fancy Scrada I fancy at the moment um, games that I can play with a bowl of crisps Interesting. and a beverage so, that's Sagrada, my vibe at the moment so okay so let's go for one we go for Sagrada and Artama Right. We'll see what the crack is so, so basically my, my getting you to decide what's on the cards you haven't decided I like to approach life as I approach games, which is take it in the moment and see how it comes. That's me. Well, there you go. I think that's everything for today, isn't it? Yes, I think that is everything, yeah. Uh, so do get in touch. Uh, in the meantime, via Instagram, Twitter, email. We love to chat. And we will see you next time. Yes, we will. See you then. Bye. Conclusion. When will you stop that? Never. <laughs> <laughs>